0: Welcome to Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks, presented by Chevy DrivesChicago.com. Drive what Captain Jonathan Taves drives. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Simplecast, Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you use, and like our YouTube page, as well as all videos are posted on the Blackhawks YouTube channel. Welcome into a very special NHL trade deadline episode of Blackhawks Insider. I'm Chris Vosters joined by my co-host Kaylee Chelios and Colby Cohen. All right we're doing things a little bit different this week. It's kind of like a two for one week. Today's episode of Blackhawks Insider is going to be a little bit different because the trade deadline is about 48 hours away. The Blackhawks have of course been very active in the days leading up to the trade deadline. Defenseman Jack Johnson was traded to the Colorado Avalanche for Andreas Englund. The biggest trade so far, of course, involved Sam Lafferty and Jake McCabe going to the Toronto Maple Leafs for Joey Anderson, Pavel Gogolev, a prospect, and a 2025 first-round pick and a 2026 second-round pick. So the Blackhawks really adding to their draft capital through 2025 and beyond. Of course, the elephant in the room right now is the ultimate landing destination for superstar Patrick Kane. We are recording this episode on Tuesday before Friday's trade deadline. It's going to be aired officially on Wednesday and in this minute-to-minute, hour-to-hour world that the NHL exists in leading up to the trade deadline The Patrick Kane to New York Rangers trade could be official by the time this podcast actually airs. So as of right now, as of this taping, no deal has been announced. Patrick Kane is still a Blackhawk, although it certainly looks like if you're reading the tea leaves that Patrick Kane is going to be a New York Ranger by the end of the week. Now to the point of the two-for-one element of Blackhawks Insider this week, we'll have another episode coming out on Friday Following the conclusion of the deadline, we'll have reactions to the final landing spot for Patrick Kane, whatever the case may be, and of course, how the trade deadline ultimately reaches its conclusion for 2023. So, lots of stuff coming on our social media channels. Please stay tuned. And the best part about this episode, in addition to the time spent with Kaylee and Colby, is that we've got ESPN Sports Center anchor and NHL play by play broadcaster John Bucci Gross as our guest. So we really enjoyed our conversation with Bucci as we all knew that we would. But first of all, Colby, what do you think of the Blackhawks trade moves so far, even excluding Patrick Kane? Uh, what was your take on on the big trade specifically with the Toronto Maple Leafs?
1: Yeah, look, I, I think Kyle Davidson turned Sam Lafferty into a second-round pick, a guy that he brought in here last year when he took over as uh, interim GM. He traded Alex Nylander um, to Pittsburgh, who went right to the American Hockey League. He brings Sam Lafferty back, Derek King, and then Luke Richardson – really fall in love with this player. The rest of the league falls in love with this player. And then you turn around and you flip him to Toronto for a second round pick. I mean, that is asset management at its finest. And then you look at Jake McCabe, who is a beloved guy here in this locker room. And, you know, you turn him into a first round pick and you look at Toronto's roster. You look at where they are going and, you Uh, I think that first round pick for Toronto could end up being a very high pick. It's top 10 protected in 25, which I think for a reason, because I think by that time Matthews will be gone and Nylander will be gone. And Tavares... Uh, And Marner will be in the last years of their deal. So that could end up being a top 10 or potentially even lottery pick in 2026. So I like the long game. It's part of this rebuild. You don't need to have everybody at once spread out development, spread out entry times into the league. So I I thought that was a great uh, case of asset management for Kyle Davidson.
0: I totally agree, Colby. And, And one thing that Kyle Davidson said that really stood out to me is, hey, we don't want to clump all of our draft capital in 2023 or or even 2023 and 2024. Yes, everyone is buzzing about the depth of those draft classes, but it's good to start accruing draft capital in 2025, 2026, because maybe you use those draft picks. Maybe you trade them for assets later on. The The situation is going to be a lot different in 2025 than it is now in 2023 so I I like kind of the long-term options that having an extra first round pick in 2025 gives the Blackhawks uh Kaylee obviously a a big week a big trade deadline for the Blackhawks we kind of all knew this was coming as the Blackhawks were presumed to be sellers at the trade deadline and they are Uh, what are your thoughts on the Blackhawks moves so far
2: I'll just be short and sweet with uh, what I think about the trade deadline. The job of the executive team and Kyle Davidson is to make this team improve, to make it better, to set them up to be successful. And I think they've done just that. And the players that they've lost are going on to bigger, better things like Sam Lafferty, Jake McCabe. I expect them to have great um, performances as they look to go for a playoff run here. And. Uh, on the other side, I think there's a deep class, 10 picks in the 2023 trade class um, or draft class, excuse me, a lot to look forward to if you're a Blackhawks fan. And for the first time in a long time, I'm forward to as a a broadcaster working for a seller, um, I can't wait to watch what these players are going to do on other teams. Being from Tampa Bay, it was quite the opposite situation. So it's going to be a lot of fun to keep tabs on former Blackhawks and obviously more than anybody Showtime at MSG, as devastating as it is as a Blackhawks fan, there's got to be a little piece of you that's excited to see what he could potentially do there if things work out.
0: Totally. And that's what we get into with John bucci the keystone piece of this week's episode, this week's part one episode, if you will. Remember, we've got another episode of the Blackhawks Insider Podcast coming out on Friday after the conclusion of the trade deadline. So for now, let's get to our interview with ESPN's John Butchigross, gross where we talk about Patrick Kane, the, Black, the Blackhawks' trade moves so far. We think you'll really enjoy it. Hey, Bucci, great to be with you. Thanks a lot for doing this, especially this week, with so much going on relative to the NHL trade deadline. Let's just get right down to it. All right, Patrick Kane. Uh, you know, General Manager Kyle Davidson said that Talks with the Rangers are in a little bit of a holding pattern right now. Every indication is that he's going to be a New York Ranger by the trade deadline at the very latest. What is your take on this saga involving Patrick Kane, especially as it's become a rather drawn-out process?
3: It's been interesting. I think it's added some a nice soap opera element to a long NHL season. Give you know The NHL sometimes lacks some of that juice in terms of conflict and superstars. We see it in the NBA a lot, so um i kind of like it a little bit you know it it gives a long regular season some drama some theater obviously patrick kane you know for my money as of now the you know the greatest american-born hockey player of all time possibly austin matthews is the only person alive now that probably has a chance to eclipse that down the road if he gets 800 goals you know which he's uh kind of on track to if he plays a long time so but for my money uh Patrick has meant more to uh, American hockey, especially this young generation. He's not only a great player, but he's an influential player. Players growing up wanted to be like him. He brought a style and really a patriotism too. He was so proud to wear the USA sweater. And I don't think that gets talked about a lot too. He really brought a, a pride to USA hockey and uh and, and loved, you know, even though USA and hockey in general has lacked best on best tournaments, which I think's been a big loss for the league. It's the one big L against Gary Bettman is they have not had these tournaments that really grow the game like they do in the world cup we saw. Um, So for Patrick to kind of, you know, obviously no movement clause, he controls it. It was wherever he wants decided in the end, it was New York or nothing, it appears. And so therefore, you know, the, the the Rangers have the Hawks over a barrel. They really, you know, they, they probably won't get a first round pick. You know, I had heard Zach Jones, a young defenseman saw play at UMass in college Kind of a slightly billed defenseman. Not sure if he can make it at this level. We'll see. Um, you know, maybe a second or third or something. I guess you. I guess you got to respect the process a little bit. But overall, you know, Patrick wants to end up in New York. I think it's a good place for him. It'll be great for the league, great for the city. He'll electrify the city, electrify the room. Not, you know, you know, when Messier went back to New York, obviously that was just such an immense amount of juice. Not sure if this is that he had won five cups. Patrick has three. He's American born. I think it's pretty close.
2: Yeah, Mess made an interesting point about that. Just even though he had five cups, just the fear of not knowing if he was going to continue to have this storied second shelf, second life, you know, and Patrick Kane seems to have talked to some of his former teammates about that same thing. But I'm curious Mm. just with how much you're behind the scenes and, you know, GMs and their relationships and their dynamics. Was there was there? potentially a different outcome for Patrick Kane had this deal gotten done sooner. Do you think that there was any possibility, like you said, of this happening and and maybe the Tarasenko trade doesn't get done before, or or what were you hearing behind the scenes about what it might've taken for Chris Drury to get Kane?
3: Right. Um, well, I, I yeah you know, certainly, our Emily Kaplan reported about a hip issue. Maybe the Rangers were concerned about. Don't know if that was negotiation or fact. You never know for sure. You're always trying to play your own angle to uh to give up as least as possible. Um, I think the ring, you know, and who knows? We know that agents have conversations with agents, and who have conversations with GMs off the record. And if Patrick King told somebody in New York that he's only going to go to New York, well, that makes it much easier. And at this point, I don't know if Pat wants to help out the Hawks in any way. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. Um, But that's another factor. That's what, again, that's why I like this. It is just sports in the end. But there's so much human drama and ego and hurt feelings and strategy. There's a lot there. But, yeah, you know, I, I think we all wondered, would Kane go play with McDavid in Edmonton? You know, that'd be pretty cool, even for just a couple of months. I don't think he'd sign there long term. Um, obviously, Patrick comes with a big entourage, a big family. So you need to take care of that. You need to have housing, proper housing and proper <laughs> infrastructure to deal with that. And his his, 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 his whole group, um, you know, he has a lot of infrastructure with Patty Kane. <laughs> so that's part of it. Patrick has a lot of that, you know, they can take care of anything big city of dreams so uh, i'm sure in his mind he was like, maybe do i go here do i go here do i go to and play with austin matthews my fellow my fellow american uh do i go play with mcdavid the great the greatest talent of our generation you know do i go to boston who's you know that's a top three hockey city in america you know he doesn't get any bigger and better in boston plus with the best team right now um so you just don't know what's in his mind and i'm really curious what's up for next year like what does he want to do next year you know and uh and so it, it's a the Patrick Kane story has always been um fascinating especially with all his success in Chicago three cups and then like I said probably the best American board player ever now this last chapter is getting really interesting you know what does he do now look like it's going to be the, the Rangers here in in a, in a matter of hours um whether it be 24 or, or eight and then what did you do next year? Like, that's, it's really cool. It's going to be, a, a, it's going to give the off season a lot of juice. I think Not only the draft with Connor Bedard that you all might get, but then Patrick Kane and uh, what if they get Bedard? Does he come back to Chicago and they speed up this rebuild right away and then sign sign some other free agents. Cause that'd be easy between Patrick and Connor. They'll get anybody they want. So that would really be interesting if suddenly it flipped like that as well.
2: Bucci, sorry, really quick, Colby, I want to ask then on that note, if he is just a rental and let's just kind of play what if, who do you, Bucci, who would you want to see him play with? Would you rather see him go to a McDavid Dreisaitl or would you rather see two of the best American-born players team up in Toronto between Matthews and Kane?
3: Well, I'd always prefer he stay in America. (laughs) The stronger American American teams we have, the better the ratings are, and then we get raises. That's what this is all about. we (laughs) we, we, We want the business to succeed. But, no, I think New York is the best place for him. Um, they have a better chance of winning the Cup than certainly Edmonton. Toronto's right there as well. You know, the goalie's a big factor there. Will they have enough? Even the defense, um, we'll see if there's enough elite stuff there or high-end high end stuff there. But I think New York, what it would do for the city and the league and the Eastern Conference is just bonkers. It's historical what's going on in the Eastern Conference. This has never happened. Happened before like this when the best teams in the league. It's very rare that two best teams in the league are from the same conference. Much less five or six. It is an absolute bloodbath this Eastern Conference uh, playoff, and so I think New York to me would just make this bonfire even bigger.
1: Well, I think it's well documented that uh, your your passion has always been hockey, whether ESPN has had it or not. You you've carried that flag for a very long time. Um, you know, you you go golfing in the summer with with you know big groups of hockey people that range you know all over the spectrum so as someone who's been around this sport a very long time do you see any way this trade doesn't happen i mean as of right now uh the trade hasn't happened it's tuesday morning um you know new york has has some hoops to climb through and this deal has been you know put into a holding pattern I mean the NHL wants this to happen I would assume because Showtime on Broadway seems like a play but it deals yeah. not done till yeah. a deal's not done mm-hmm.
3: I just think there's too many powerful figures at hand here um from the agent um to the obviously the original 6 team to Patrick himself uh, I think you know they'll get it done and um Paterson is his agent, right? I'm, I'm a little cloudy from track, Yeah, he runs the league. Okay, <laughs> he runs the league. Maybe more than Gary Bettman. So uh, if he wants to get it done, if Patrick wants to get it done, it'll get done. They'll find a way to get it done. And um, so, yeah, I do think I do think it's a between cap. And now, in the end, Chicago could say like, like you know, what? that's just not good enough. You know, we don't want to vow you the trade deadline or and so we're just gonna let him walk and then whatever but uh, i don't think they would do that to patrick and his legacy he wants to go to new york he's made that franchise the franchise value mainly because of him more than any other player has increased by hundreds of hundreds of hundreds of millions of dollars he has sold so many jerseys so many tickets and so they you know at this point and because they chose to go this route in terms of rebuilding, which in the end, is probably the smart play. We see Ottawa is about to be great for 10 years and all these teams are ready to go after, you know, it's just going to last a long time. That's the only problem. You know, I mean, Detroit hasn't won a playoff series in almost 10 years. I don't think, you know, they've been in the playoffs in seven. I mean, that's a long time, you know, people. And I just think I, I did a Buffalo game the other day. Like if you're, if you're 16 years old, like you're roughly in Buffalo, like you haven't seen your team play a playoff game. If you're like 21, you haven't seen them won a playoff series like imagine that and like in, in the over and you're buying tickets and you're going to the game every day, every year. And so that's why you have to be careful when you go through this, but oh, Patrick, that if he wants to do it between that and the, the power players involved, I think it, it, it's, it's going to get done.
0: Bougie, I, I, I appreciate you highlighting the impact of this trade from a national perspective and, and what it can do for the league in my bubble. I'm, I'm really looking at this through a, a Chicago Blackhawks lens as as it looks like the Blackhawks really aren't going to get a big return for Kane is there any kind of silver lining to this trade for Blackhawks fans
3: I don't think so. Not that I can think of. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know if you do it in the summer, if you did it last summer, even if you packaged them both together. But of course, the cap numbers were just astronomical. You wouldn't do it unless, unless you ate some of it. They could have eaten some of it. They could have done that. They probably could have eaten half of it for both with the, with, with the route they took. And then maybe get a, like you said, maybe a one and a two um, and stuff like that. But again, that team, whoever did that would probably, and then you, maybe you could have done it where he could also assign an extension to wherever he was going because teams are in a better position to plan their cap. Uh, obviously in the summer and then down the road. So maybe that was the only way it could have been done. Had they, and, and who knows? We 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 read, they didn't come to me, he didn't come to us, and but you never know if that's really true or not. There's so many uh, different channels you can go through to communicate things to people in this business. And I don't know if that was done in the off season, but in the end that probably would have been the way to go if um, – you know, if Chicago tried that, maybe they did and maybe Patrick said no, but they don't want to publicly embarrass him or vice versa. That, that's also a part of it, too. There are sometimes there's manners and politics and long term, you know, PR moves, image moves that everyone does. So that, that's just that's just real. So but now at this point, I don't think how there's a positive in all this, except that if they do him right. And then that is a signal to other people in the future because Chicago will always be a free agent destination. So if they do him right, and other players see this, okay, this, here's a, here's an organization that took care of a guy. And so uh, I like that. And that could affect me signing with that team. If it comes down to a, a close call.
0: Have you seen anything like this play out either in hockey or other sports that you've covered where you've got a star player, who's traded by his team at the deadline. You know, the team that he's been with his entire career is in the middle of a rebuild. The team is trying to do right by him, but also position itself for the next era. Have you ever seen anything like this kind of play out, even in approximation?
3: Well, a little bit, you know, the Ray Bork thing a little bit, where Bork was this guy who had never won a Stanley Cup, his Hall of Fame career, went to a two finals with the Bruins, lost to Edmonton both times. First uh, with Gretzky, then without him and just Messier, uh, late 80s, early 90s. And, you know, he was reaching the end and you know, he wanted to go to Philadelphia because it was closer to home, easier for his family to get to, uh, to the games. But, you know, at the time, Harry Sinden didn't, didn't want to trade him to the Eastern Conference. And uh, so in the end, you know, he went to Colorado. They lose conference final that first year. He's like, all right, I'll give it one more shot. And they come back and he wins the Stanley Cup. And then he brought the cup back to Boston and they had like a, you know, celebration in City Hall Plaza, which, you know, for that was pretty much 100% accepted, which shows you the equity <laughs> that Bork had with that city, that you could do that. You know, imagine Johnny Damon bringing back a Yankee World Series trophy. It's impossible to get stone. No, So, but that just <laughs> would not have gone over well. <laughs> but Bork, Bork had such an angelic sainthood presence about him and again what he did with City city and his excellence and his his quiet humble nature that they're like yeah man go get yours and bring it back and we'll drink beer out of it narragansett <laughs> like with you you know and, and uh so so this is a little again this is a this is a little different patty had won three has already won three cups he doesn't need another cup so uh and he's got tons of money and he's got a, you know, a legacy of a Hall of Famer, obviously. So now it's just – and I think – and one thing with Patrick, and I, I, I think it was real, you know, to become the Hawks all-time leading scorer and to be number one in on all those lists. And that, that, that probably was kind of a, a thing to him. But uh, now it's, you know, once he sees losing stinks and, and rebuilding is tough on an older player, let's figure out another chapter. And like I said, the first – the first, you know, I guess the, the, the first thing is – go to a city like new york and try to win a cool cup and contribute to a city that if you do that then you're a hero forever like messi you know like those those new york ranger teams those guys go back and they're still heroes all this time later you know 30 years later almost so uh and so okay i'll go there and do that then i'll decide where do i play next do i join one of these up and coming young teams and you know like an ottawa like i said i don't think it's gonna be ottawa but a team like that who's on the way up um you know, so it's going to be real. Like I said, it's going to be very fun this summer to see what the next chapter of Patrick Kane is after this kind of little mini series he's going to provide. This
1: Do you have a guess? Like, if you had to make one guess, I mean, you're pretty good. You're you're kind of big on Twitter at like reposting something that you tweeted like two or three years prior that does end up <laughs> happening. You, what you, an ego. you yeah, wow. but but you're right. So. That's the thing, like you're right about them. And I saw you be right on the Posternock <laughs> thing. I mean, there's been a number of things it's that you intuition. that you tweeted and then all of a sudden that contract yeah. looked exactly that way. Now you either got a, a an in at Central Registry um, or uh, so, so, <laughs> no, so who's your prediction? Like if you had to make a prediction, and I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here, g- give us one that really would make sense to you.
3: Yeah, I mean, I've done kind of the whole little uh, quick Rolodex in my brain. I mean, obviously, the number one spot is to return home to Buffalo, right? A team that's ready to win. Um, They have cap room. They're ready to go right now. Now, they're more about a goalie um, than Patrick Kane. But still, that's like the number one, obviously, thing. Does a kid go back home and and see if he can bring that city, of all cities in America – a championship in buffalo new york i mean that would be the ultimate payoff for that, that that'd be the biggest bet for him that'd be the best the biggest payoff of any bet he makes on himself he doesn't have to make any bets like i said he is what he is um you know does he go to arizona and join that team i don't think they're quite ready yet you know does he go to la because it's los angeles showtime in la you know and that team is just about kind of there um so he's got options in that regard Stevie why in detroit Again, is he the answer there? They, they need. I think they still need more there. But I think he. Ha- that's what's cool. Again, that's. That, I'm glad you brought that up, Kobe. You actually. There's actually multiple places he can go. He's got options. Of teams who are rising, where he can continue to produce, have fun, win, comp- cup. And then play in the place he wants to play in too. That's the thing too. Where does he want to live? Where does he want to raise kids? Where does he want his kids to maybe then go to school and live there for the you know? What I mean? So he can. That's also a factor for him having a young family. Or or am I going to be in Chicago forever? I'm going to be here. It, and they don't have a team wherever he wants to go. So there's a lot there. This is a really fertile ground for writers and podcasters and broadcasters to talk about. Patrick's going to provide a lot of a lot of content going forward.
2: Bucci, I want to shift gears a little bit to the agent media relationship. And you mentioned Pat powerful agents. I mean, he represents Hayes, Kane, Jones, a number of big time players. And he's been at the top for so long. Uh, I know I don't, Colby just mentioned Central Registry. I know I've always been told, like, if you have an in or an insider at Central Registry, like, that's so big. But like, I remember in Tampa, it was a huge deal when Nikita Kucherov and Panarin's agent leaked to one of the reporters that Steve Iserman, you mentioned him, was going to be stepping down as the general manager before anybody had a chance to break it, before any of the insiders do. What what do you see behind the scenes? or Do you have any stories of an agent that maybe should or shouldn't have leaked certain information about a player to media? And what is that dynamic like between the agent, player, and media? Because it, the player is obviously not talking to the media, sometimes the way the agent is kind of giving off little tips here and there.
3: Right. Yeah. Um, I can't stop looking at that bottle of angels envy, Kaylee. So I didn't hear a lot of your question, but I don't kidding, have any I'm bullet. But I, 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 can, uh,
2: I can text you a couple yeah, of right, ones. No. I've tried. Beautiful. That's beautiful.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, I, I see some Jameson too. Um, yeah. No, that, that, that is kind of fun. You know uh, I enjoy that part of it. Hearing from coaches, sometimes players, um occasionally agents i don't have a, i don't have a lot of you know agents will check in once in a while but i don't i don't bother them that much you know i i, I just kind of you know sometimes some stuff comes my way but that that, that kind of game that insider game and stuff that's a that's a grinding seems like a a, a real grinding type of unhealthy game <laughs> from a physical health standpoint and it doesn't really uh interest me too much so but occasionally stuff comes my way it, it is fun though it's fun to talk about it's fun to go out and have dinner and and a a glass of angels envy and and talk about the business and and it was fun at the all-star game. Yes. (laughs) American fours only, none of that Canadian eyedropper (laughs) stuff, but uh, yeah, it went to the, we went down the all-star game in Florida and went over to the, um, uh, I think it was the Ritz where a lot of the uh NHL people were. We weren't,
0: <laughs>
3: we're at the Hampton Inn up the street, but but um,
0: continental breakfast, but
3: yeah, but uh, a waffle, we make the waffle <laughs> yourself. You <know. laughs> and is this really a sausage? I don't think this is actually a sausage, I'm not sure what these ingredients are. I think they were cutting plywood and made a sausage out of it, but but uh. But, yeah, you you sit at the bar and all these people are coming up, like, you know, Ovechkin handlers and guys who had maybe met or talked about, you know, men and women, but had never put a face to a name and stuff. So that's pretty cool. And that's – those are the fun you – know, that's why the All-Star game is the best place because everybody's there, you know. And it's a good – during the finals, not everybody's at the finals. Summer's here. People go home and, and teams lose get eliminated down to two teams. But the All-Star game is fun that way. You really get like a – almost like a, this big warehouse of people. And it, it is fun to talk about, but – you know, occasionally you hear some stuff and, and some people are, you know, some agents and are more aggressive than others trying to get stuff out and in, in, in coaches. And, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, I don't go fishing too much for it. So, uh, these days, so it, it's, it's, it's more, it's more just kind of casual stuff.
1: Well, obviously, Butchie, I think that, um, you know, it's interesting to get your perspective as somebody that, uh, you know, we're on sports center forever and now you're in the booth calling NHL games, you're handling the studio, still doing the college hockey stuff. Um, ESPN Plus, you know, speaking of college hockey, it's really taken on a life of its own with the ability to watch prospects. You know, the Hawks are in a rebuild. Um, You know, we're going to see a bunch of them coming up here in the NCAA tournament. They're sprinkled out all over good teams, uh, all over the biggest programs. What has that meant, do you think, the ability for people to actually – now easily turn on their app and and watch these prospects that belong to teams like the Blackhawks fans. I know I'm always trying to tweet out, hey, you can watch so and so tonight on ESPN Plus, or uh, you can watch so. So, I mean, how big do you think that is for for really growing the sport and growing the game? And and you know, you're kind of on the forefront of that.
3: Yeah, I, I, it certainly has potential, Colby. I don't know if people are actually cashing in and doing that um like even even last night the the mcdavid game in boston it was an an electric game um obviously mcdavid wanted to prove a point with Pasternak in the barn a guy close to him he always wants to (laughs) you know bring it up a notch against players like that and people on twitter like you know they're going like man this mcdavid's amazing i can't believe blah 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 i was like he's on every night you can watch all of his games at a very low cost you know (laughs) and uh I just wonder somebody if if our hockey fans are watching other games but their own team, and even like you said, the prospect I love when i going back when I was a kid when my team had a prospect i couldn 't wait to watch him or, or especially when they got called up but and if you have a chance to see a video of him, it was like just unbelievable, like going back to Ray Bork when he showed up in Boston, he was this mysterious figure. We knew he was coming, we knew he was on the way, but there was no way to get video in 1979 of Ray Borg playing hockey anywhere, you know, in America when he's playing in Canada. And and when he arrived, it was just like this mythical thing. So I hope that, you know, we still have sports fans who are that invested and they look to the future. And I think a lot of hockey fans are, we see it on Twitter, Um, but whether they're going to ESPN plus and watching, you know, these games, hockey East, and now the tournament coming up and, and what's good about Hawks, the Hawks in, in Chicago and in the, the great city that it is, is they're always a player for these free agents. You know, if guys aren't drafted when they're 18, 19, then they go play college or they go play somewhere else or even, you know, USHL before college. Um, and they can sign with anybody. They're a free agent. And so and those young kids usually want to go to big cities, you know, New York, or Boston or chicago so that does give the blackhawks an advantage for these guys who are undrafted now very rarely they're phenoms they're, they they tend to be you know guys but like, tory krug was a guy who wasn't drafted and the bruins got him and he turned to be obviously a very good nhl player so you know that's the thing the blackhawks fans can look forward to as well that maybe can speed up this rebuild a little bit as they can build depth by signing college free agents yeah. because they have this they have the city to offer
1: Well, Cole Gutman looks like one of them, Butchie. I mean, we called his game. He was awesome all year in the American League, and he's come up to Chicago, and he looks like an NHL player every which way. I mean, there are no Mm -hmm. holes in this guy's game, and he's in the end of his first pro year, not hitting a wall, not slowing down. Uh, he's been really impactful in, in his young NHL career. So that's a good example of a guy who doesn't sign in Tampa and he, and then he goes, well, wait, I want to go to Chicago. I want to go to a big city with a lot of opportunities. So that's a good yep. total case in point.
3: Right. Exactly. So that, that's a big thing, but yeah, I do hope people go, you know, search out their prospects. And, uh, like I said, ESPN plus is a great service for the, for the hockey fan for college and NHL and, uh. And, and yeah, and they're there, and they're fun to watch, and the game's fun to watch, and looking forward to doing the tournament again with you, Colby, this year in Tampa Bay. It'll be my 10th Frozen Four, and uh, I think, what, our fourth together, maybe? Th- just three or four.
1: No, I think and, we're um, up to five. This will be five.
3: Oh, well, your first one was a very forgettable performance, I yeah, guess. Yeah, exactly. I think, I, I think we can all agree. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bucci, to continue the, the talk about prospects, you know, the Blackhawks now have got two first round draft picks in each of the next three drafts. We've heard so much about the 2023 draft from your perspective. And I know you're no Emily Kaplan, <laughs> but is the 2023 draft pool and maybe even 2024 as, as deep as people are really saying it is? Again, time will
3: tell, right? You just don't know for sure. And it's fun. I I like, I like going back, looking at drafts. And when, you know, when I prepare my game notes and my charts that I like to do by hand, I like to go back and see when a player is drafted and I look at that draft. And, you know, some years just aren't that good. You know, it's just part of being bad at the right time is being bad at the right time. And and in, in, in having those those chances to get multiple guys and get those steals, you know, Nico Ranton and last until like 10th, you know, and and that's those are the difference makers when you get a guy like that and you get a guy in the second or third round a Braden Point, Brad Marchand, you know, Patrice Bergeron, you, you know, you got You got to get the hit in a couple of second, third rounders and to supplement the, the can't misses that obviously the Blackhawks are going to get a can't miss guy. And all likelihood, the odds are very high and with their first pick this summer in Nashville. Um, and then the other ones, you just got you to you do a good job. Part of it's luck. Let's face it, you're drafting 18-year-olds. You just don't know for sure. But some people do have the, the eye for, for talent and drive and a long career. And then you, how do you build an organization? How do you build the depth? How do you pick the right guy, the right position at the right time? It's tough, man. It's a lot of pressure. Um, but these next two drafts do look very good, but they also can give them draft capital to maybe at some point, like I said, speed this process up if things go unexpectedly well. You know, if you get Connor Bedard, and he's good right away, well, that changes everything. That 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 shrinks the rebuild very quickly. And suddenly, maybe you can win when Bedard's 21, you know, 22. A lot of these... Great players do great things at a very young age. You know, Bobby Orr went through the air when he was 21 and Wayne Gretzky scored 92 when he was 21 and Sidney Crosby, you know, won his first Stanley cup again, a very young age. So that that's, and the league's only getting younger. So you can, you can do a lot very quickly. So, I think between drafting well and then also using some of that draft capital, if it works out with a trade for a guy like a Timo Meyer, a guy who's 27, 28, that they can extend, sign a free agent, which, again, they're always going to be a destination. Things could happen quickly for the Hawks uh, if everything goes right. Like, you know, in three years, they could be right back at the top, you know, in the top eight of the conference.
2: Well, Butchie, everyone's pretty excited about the potential for Bedard and this draft class. And then with all the drama surrounding Patrick Kane, I wanted to get your thoughts just on Jonathan Taze. Kyle Davidson's been really transparent, and we appreciate um, you know how honest he's been about allowing Jonathan Taze to return to full health and full strength because it just hasn't been an easy year for him. It wasn't last season, and it just seems like it's continuing to be an uphill battle managing what he's going through. What are your thoughts on, on Taze and just the way – his career uh, has sort of transpired right now with everything going on.
3: Yeah, it's kind of sad. It's kind of fizzled in a lot of ways, um, you know, where, where Patrick Kane's career continues to go up. He's, you know, he settled down. He got married. He's got kids. He's dedicated to the game. He loves the game. You always called Jonathan Tay's captain serious, but, you know, as it turned out, Patrick Kane you know, loves hockey and is in love with hockey and looks like he's going to play for a long time because he just can't wait to get to the rink every day. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's, he stabilized his life off the rink. He's got a great family structure um, now and just so much support and I'm sure so much fulfillment. I'm sure he looks back and he's like, what was I doing? when I was a young kid, man, you know, this is way better living like this, you know, and this is, this is what it's all about having this family to love and this, and, uh, and just, I bet, I imagine he's so happy. Now, the only thing for Patrick now is his career is kind of like, man, I kind of fizzled in Chicago. What am I doing? I'm sure his brain is still going around hundred miles an hour, but for, for Taves, yeah, it's kind of sad because it probably doesn't make much sense to bring him back. Kind of like what Billy Guerin did in Minnesota with Parise and Ryan Suter. They got to clean, they got to clean the air out and let someone else step into that void and like Capri's off and let these other guys really blossom. Cause you know, those guys have such a big stature. They they take up so much air because of their of their legacy they built and who they are and their personalities and how serious they take it and how, how hard they can probably be on young players because they run out of patience when they're used to winning, now they're not. And so there's a lot of that. So I imagine this Jonathan Taves is going to kind of, his careers is going to kind of fizzle into the night until they bring him back and retire his number and then he'll get that amazing night, which uh, which certainly he deserves. So... It is it's it's it is kind of sad. That's how I look at how everything that has transpired for whatever reason, um, and now it is and how it's going to end. How they handle that is going to be kind of interesting. But I assume there's going to like you know this is this is the end for Jonathan Taves in Chicago.
0: They their careers have been uh, almost inextricably linked, Kane and Taves, and and it's just weird to kind of see them diverge at at this stage you, you mentioned sad and that's definitely the thought that that comes, uh, comes into my mind as well. But, um, Bucci. You, all right. we'll, we'll get you out on this. And thanks so much for doing this. Um, you bet. the chicken parm viral, <laughs> uh, tweets trend that, that you started. Just the I don't roasting know of people on Twitter is the be- best.
1: I mean, just roasting people's on Twitter. I mean, that's gotta be the best part of it all. In my opinion. <laughs>
0: I'm not sure if you ever envisioned chicken parm being coming, becoming such a sensation as it's turned out to be, but I got to ask, and I'm sorry. I, I hope that the questions in the tweets that you probably receive on a daily basis about chicken parm haven't become too annoying, but do you have <laughs> a go-to chicken parm spot in Chicago? I'm dying to know.
3: Well, yeah, I, I went to a place where they put us up. Um, I can't remember the hotel. I should have remembered. Was it, was it a, uh... Tweet it out because uh, someone asked me that, and I think I I think I saved the tweet. I favored it. Same with Boston for when I go there. I should know the name. It was a great little bar. I walked downstairs, sat at the bar by myself, had a great parm, glass of red, nice little penne. It was phenomenal. But of course, when I post that, then of course, then you have the rest of Chicago giving me their opinion on the best place <laughs> of the best parm. So uh, so I have plenty of options. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and and look that up on Twitter, and I'll, I'll tweet it today. And uh and and figure and let you know so if you want to give it a shot but yeah it's uh it was excellent I enjoyed it it's not a hard meal to mess up no I never intended this to happen I I'll never win an Emmy so I got to be remembered for <laughs> something so why not so why not chicken parm and uh and it's weird like and I, I sometimes I think of this just kind of this seems kind of new and and this latest iteration is where I've been like rating people's parm and stuff but like I'll find some pictures or parm references from like. You know, twenty seventeen. So this has kind of been going on for a little bit. You know, it takes a yeah. while to it takes a while to build an empire. I think is what I'm saying. If you, this stuff doesn't happen overnight, kids. Like you got to do the you got to do the work. It's this is yes. this is brick by brick, cheese by <laughs> cheese. You have to build this one piece of mozzarella at a time till you get where you are today. This just doesn't happen. Again. You don't roll out a bed and your king parm. Okay, it, it takes hard work and sweat.
0: I and I just got to ask. You know, when you go out to dinner with Colby, have you seen Colby's take on Chicken Parm where he swaps out the marinara for the (laughs) for the vodka sauce? I don't know how I feel about that, Bucci. Is that is that kind of crossing the line? I I don't find Colby
3: to be a picky eater type of a guy. He's pretty, you know, salt of the earth, you know, or ribeye, you know, team player when it comes to the
1: the appetizers.
3: Yeah, he's not- I, we're we we yeah. we are at <laughs> yeah, a point right.
1: where I could pretty much order for Butchie in any kind of restaurant. Depending on the cuisine, I know True. his order, um, and we we order yeah. very similarly. So it's good because we can almost do the family style thing when when we're having that's meals what, together, yeah. which we have a lot coming up.
3: That's right. You yeah, you get that. I get this, and we'll kind of we'll, we'll do half of each. Yeah, and then and get more for your more bang for your buck. But yeah, overall, I think Colby. Kobe's a great. And our player. our guy
1: ba- our guy Barry Melrose, we we leave him on his own because he orders his steak like a Burt Puck. I mean, well done. Yeah. We 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 can't understand yeah.
3: it. Barry grew up on a farm, so he sees how you actually make food. <laughs> he does not want to have any pesticide or any irregularity in his meat, so it comes out on fire. They extinguish it down, and then he eats it.
0: On natural, Barry Melrose. Yes. Bucci, thanks a lot for doing this. This, this was great, uh, super illuminating, and thanks for letting us pick your brain on, on some of the ins and outs of, of the NHL and especially through a, through a Blackhawks lens right now. Uh, you're a legend again. We'll, we'll, we'll pump you up on your way out here, but it, it's super cool to get you on our podcast. All three of us have grown up watching you, and uh, you know you're a great advocate, not just for hockey, but for sports media in general. So thanks very much for doing this and can't wait to have you on again.
3: Oh, thank you, you guys. Are doing a great job in Chicago. I love the energy and everything going on with the Blackhawks. I watch all the time on the ESPN Plus. And so keep it up. And you guys uh, are forging your own path right now.
0: Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks Butchie. so much. Thanks, 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 guys. See ya. Our thanks once again to John Butchie Gross. And we will definitely be scouring his Twitter feed for if and when that Chicago chicken parm recommendation comes out. Definitely a lot of options in a city with as many fantastic food establishments as Chicago. Thanks once again for the contributions of my wonderful co-hosts, Colby and Kaylee. Of course, thanks once again to John Bucci-Gross. Thank you to our producers, Trevor Bray and Jenna Rose. Again, this is just part one of a two episode week here on the Blackhawks Insider Podcast with the trade deadline creating mayhem in a good way on the NHL landscape. We've got you covered with this episode pre-deadline and an episode coming out on Friday post-trade deadline. And as always, if you don't have your Blackhawks content fix, just visit the team website blackhawks.com for more content. And thank you once again to Brad Dollar and Southside Jake for the music featured on the podcast. So... For now, we say so long on the Blackhawks Insider Podcast. We will talk to you very soon. In fact, later this week after the trade deadline. So keep it right here on Blackhawks.com and your favorite podcast platforms. Thanks for tuning in.